You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. To cast away is to release a loose something. Country word, let that go. Let it go. Just let that go. I just released. See, I released them envelopes. You just let it go. The a one antithesis of castaway is to hold on to. You may want this, but I'm I'm gonna hold on to it. You gotta hold on to it. And some folks are trying to take away what you're trying to hold on to. Yeah, and, and, and some, some of us don't have the fight that we need in us. And so we allow folks to take stuff from us. Some of us really meant what we said in reference to asking God to bless us. But because we didn't have fight in us to hold on until the blessing manifested. A baby demon took away. What you needed to keep. In order to receive your blessing. A junior demon. The reason a junior. A baby demon. Could take it away from you. You ain't got no fighting. Say to your neighbor. You got to have some fighting you. In order to hold on to some things. Woo, you better tell somebody else you got to have some fight in you. In order to hold on to some things. Now understand this. There, there are some things you do need. To cast away. But there are some things you also need to hold on to. You have to understand that as a Christian. That there are some things. Biblically speaking. And even personally speaking. That we need to let go. But there are some things that we need to hold on to. 
But, but in order to, to really let something go or hold on to something, you have to know the significance or necessity of letting it go or holding on to it. And some things is is easy to know why you need to hold on to it. If I gave you a million dollars, but somebody tried to come and get it from you, I ain't got to give you five points to tell you why you need to hold on to that million dollars. And what you need to do to hold on to that million dollars. Yeah, because if somebody tried to take it, I don't care how old you are. I don't even care if you sick. If I give you a million dollars and you sick, and somebody tried to take that million dollars from you, in the midst of your sickness, we're going to see some fight. I said, in the midst of your sickness, we're going to see some fight. You probably had ran in years, but if they take it and take off running, you're going to try to run to get your million. Why? Because that million is significant to you as well as essential. Yeah, it's important to you and essential. But tonight, I'm I'm just going to deal with the text to the point to where I'm praying, hoping, and believing that you're going to see the importance and necessity of letting one thing go and holding on to one thing. That's what I want tonight. The one thing that we need to cast away is doubt. The one thing that we as Christians need to let go is doubt. Doubt is not being sure or certain about something or somebody. And since since we are considering the Bible, is specifically from a theological standpoint, when we are not absolute about God, and all that pertains to him in reference to our situation. See, you can be going through a particular thing and and doubt will try to make you not trust in the rhema that God gave you. I said, doubt will try to make you not trust in the rhema 
that God gave you because of your situation. Because of whose situation? Your situation. Because notice what the text is about. The text is, is personal. The Hebrew author didn't want them to cast away a particular thing. But, but before we even get to that, you do need to cast away doubt. You do need to cast away uncertainty. Need to just get rid of that, that doubt. As much as God has moved for some of us, we should be absolutely sure that he's reliable. God is so reliable to some of us have the testimony that, that even when it seemed like it was completely over. God used his power to still make it happen. How many by a show of hands, that's your testimony? It looked like the worst had happened, but God still used his power to change your situation for the better. Ooh, you ought to tell somebody, preacher, talking about me. And my situation. You got to get rid of doubt. Say your neighbor, you got to get rid of doubt. Say it to one more person, you got get you got to get rid of doubt. We got we got we got to deal with a, a few things. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Y'all stay with me. I ain't going to be too long. I'm going to talk about two things and we're going to be done. I just need y'all to just hold on. Just, just stay with me a minute. Wait, let's go to the book of Mark. Let's go to the book of Mark. Good God. Mark 11. Jesus. Y'all all right? Mark eleven twenty two, and following. Ready? Jesus was talking to Peter and, and the disciples. This is what he said. Have faith in God, for surely, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt. In his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Doubt or hinder your mountain or big problem in your life from being moved. Look at the text. Doubt will hinder or stop. A mountain, a big problem in your life from being moved. Now notice if, if notice what a move, a big problem in your life. Having faith 
and telling it to go. That's it. Having faith and telling it to go. But notice who is right there blocking your faith and causing you to doubt your words doubt himself. You ever had a had something bigger than you? See, when something bigger than you, you can't look at yourself. You have to use God's tool to move that thing. And see, some of us, we, we got to really understand one tool that God has given us to move big problems is our faith. Our faith. And, and faith, our faith, based on the text, works in conjunction with our words. Lord, I'm just going to trust you. Sickness, be gone. In the name of Jesus. But then you can't doubt. You can't. But, but what's going to cause you to doubt? What you see. What you hear. Something in reverence to your feelings is what, what always causes you to doubt. Is doubt going to come? Yeah. But, but if doubt is coming and, and you, un, you should understand by now that doubt is your enemy. Right? So if doubt comes, what you going to do? You're going to do what you always do with enemy. You're going to fight the enemy. Well, how are we going to fight? And one way you fight doubt is to submit to God and resist. Now, James talked about submitting to God and resisting in reference to the devil. But when doubt is trying to take your blessing or stop your big problem from being moved, doubt is demonic. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When doubt is trying to take your blessing, doubt is demonic. I'm giving you references. I hope you're receiving what I'm saying. Let me show you what James said. Lord have mercy. Let's go to uh, James 1 first. Y'all. James chapter 1. That's where we're going to start. Verses 6 and 7. James 1 6. Let him ask in faith 
That same thing Jesus talked about in Mark eleven twenty two, right? Let him ask in faith with no what? Don't doubt. Don't doubt. Be certain when you ask. But then he goes on to say, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man, let's squeeze a woman, suppose that he or she will receive Anything from who? We receive anything from who? Doubt definitely demonic. If it's going to stop you from receiving, notice the text. Anything from who? That's got to be a tool of Satan. If it's going to stop you from receiving what? From who? That's primarily who I get all my blessings from. I was hoping that somebody was going to say me too, but I, I don't. I, I mean, but you do have folks that, you know, they just primarily look for their job to do everything. Am I Am I right? And they don't have no problem not down their job. They just believe as long as they put in them 40 hours that they just going to get that check. And some folk believe that until the plant was closed. You ain't never got to worry about God shutting down. That's reason I trust him more than a plant. I say you ain't never got to worry about God shutting down. Little by little, they've been cut, the government been cutting back on checks. God ain't never had a cutback. He ain't been cutting back on nothing. Why are you bringing that up? You, better, you, you need to change who your primary source is. Say to your neighbor, you got to change who your primary source is. If you doubt, you won't receive nothing. From who? And the Lord giving us stuff every day. David say he daily loads us. With what? They benefits. Even, then he said, even the God of our salvation. <laughs> that means once you get saved, you, you are in a position to where God can bless you. Every single day. He can do in one day for you that it that it take a person to do in a whole year. Shout at somebody, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Shout at one more person, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Is that right? Let's go further. 
Let's go back to uh, Hebrews 10. Before I move on, ask, ask somebody for me. You done with doubt? <laughs> and when something tries to mess with you and, and not be certain about God, you fight that thing. You fight it. I don't care if it, I don't care if it continues to come. No, God is going to do it. Why? Your words are what? Powerful. Death and? In the power of the what? You keep confessing God going to do it until you kill doubt. Until doubt is put down. Death then? In the what? And he who loves or uses it shall eat his what? You're going to be rewarded. Don't ever get to the point where you get tired of, of resisting or rebuking doubt. Don't ever get tired of that. You always say, yes, he is going to do it. Yes, he is going to do it. You keep saying it. Don't ever get to the point to where you say, well, ain't nothing happening. Guess what? You don't allow doubt to get the upper hand. I say, you don't allow doubt to get the upper hand. Just keep using the word and doubt will go. I'll give you the perfect example. In Luke 4, what did Jesus keep doing in reference to the devil? Putting the word on. Pastor, it just keep coming to my mind. Well, you keep putting the word on it. Pastor, but I, it, it keep coming and it just seemed like ain't nothing changed. Get what? Jesus was still hungry while the devil was talking. He was still hungry while he was talking. But he kept putting the word on him. Sometimes when you're putting the word on doubt, your situation ain't going to change. It may even get worse, but you stick to the word. Why? Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall, but not. The word ain't going to never pass. It's never going to what? The one thing that we need to hold on to is what Hebrews 10 and 35 calls your or our confidence. If you've been saved for a few months, there should be certain things you should be certain about. Confidence is being certain about some things. I know I'm saved, do you? I know God has blessed, is blessing, and going to continue to bless me. Do you know that? Guess what you call that? When I testify about the goodness of God and give him the praise, guess what, guess what I'm doing? Not just testifying, I'm, I'm showing my confidence or my faith. 
pass not away, therefore your confidence. Say to your neighbor, you got to hold on to your confidence. Say to another neighbor, you can't let unfaithful folks mess with your confidence. You got to watch who you hang with. You got to watch who you listen to. Most folk who lose their confidence are hanging with the wrong folk. Listening to the wrong thing. I'm going to show you something what, what Solomon said. Good God. No, no. Go with me to the book of uh, Proverbs. Jesus, I got to hurry. The book of Proverbs 25, I think, is where I want to go. Lord Jesus. Y'all feel pretty good? It may not be where I want to go. Is this where I want to go? That ain't where I want to go. God, got it. Oh, I know where I want to go. Let's go to, uh, well, yeah, yes, I do. I want to go to Proverbs, Proverbs. But I want to go to Psalm, too. I want to go to Psalm, too. But let's go to Proverbs right now. Let's go to 25. And let's consider verse 19. Ready? Confidence in an unfaithful, help me, in time of what? Woo, is like a bad and a foot out of what? Let, let, me, let me say something and see if y'all agree. When we get to going through trouble and certain folk know about it, And we are under pressure. It's easy for us to listen to the wrong person. And, and I want you to understand this. An unfaithful person, in one sense, is a person that does not live by faith. If a person is unfaithful in one sense, it suggests the person does not live by what? You going through trouble. Your uncle, who ain't saved, he go to church now, but he ain't saved. You know he ain't saved. It's trying to tell you. What to do in trouble. And you can't be like religious folk. Well, even the one who can tell you something. Not when the Bible tells you to be led by the Holy Spirit. Why well, do I ain't going to tell you nothing if you really being led by the Holy Spirit? Jesus himself said in John 16 and 13... When he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he's going to guide you in how much truth? 
And see, sometimes somebody who don't even live my faith will say something to us, and, and we'll consider it. The only way I'm going to listen to somebody that does not live by faith tell me something is when, is when God tells me to listen or to learn from that person. That's the only way. But for me to accept it, and I'm knowing you ain't saying, oh, no. I'm waiting on the Holy Spirit to talk to me. Now, if God can use you like he used the donkey, like he sent Jeremiah to the potter's house, I understand that. But if he does not tell me like he told Jeremiah to go to the potter's house and look, I ain't listening to no wine up. Why? The Bible tells me that if I'm truly a son of God, I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. And I'm not putting down a wine up. If, if you are a professional and you try to tell me something and, and, and it's not the Spirit, I'm not going to listen to you either. And you can be telling me the truth, but if I am a son of God or a daughter of God, I have to be led by the Spirit of God. And you can call me deep or whatever you want. That's where I am in life to where I have to know that God is saying this. Because the Bible is clear. Let every man be a liar. But let who be true? And I'm finna drop something else on you. Yeah, I'm gonna drop it on you. It's just, it's just, are you ready for it? All right. Let's go to Psalm 118. Yeah, because some of y'all looking with them wild eyes like, I, I hear pastor, but I don't know if I'm fully in agreement. Well, I'm going to drop some more on you and get the CD and listen to it or go on the internet and listen to it if they put it on there. But, but notice uh, Psalm 118. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I got to find this verse I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. Psalm 118 and 9. Lord, have mercy. Holy Ghost be working, don't it? Yeah. Psalm 118. I'm going to read verse 8 and 9. Y'all hold it on? It is better to trust in who? Than to put confidence in That's just, a, that's just a normal, a regular person. Trust God over any person. Lord, I don't want to make nobody mad, even your mama. But then he takes it further in verse 9. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in prince or leaders. It don't matter. Notice what he said. It's better. It's better. You have to put God in the number one slot when it comes to your confidence. 
Somebody telling you, look, I know you're religious and you believe what the Bible says, but you need to listen to common sense. Politely, you say to them, no. Let God be true and every man a liar. They're going to say you're not seeing clearly. Is something wrong with you? No, you're just sticking to the word. You just believe your God versus anything or anybody else. Now, I don't know if you believe like that. That's how I believe. Do you? If you are going to mature in God, you got to get to this level to where you put Confidence in God more so than anybody else. And when you do decide to have confidence in somebody, you're going to feel the spirit of God leading you to do so. Yeah, because the Bible even tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 and following. We don't need to lean to our own understanding. We need to acknowledge God in all of our ways. And what are you going to do? Tell us what to do. Direct our paths. Teaching like this requires you to grow up or stay where you are. This is grown folk teaching tonight. If this is upsetting you, you still in the baby realm. It's time for you to grow. This is something you, you need to take this and grow on this Tonight. Look at somebody and tell them for me, tonight is not milk night. Tonight is meat night. Y'all okay? Let's... Let's consider, again, what he said in Hebrews 10 and 35. Cast not away, therefore, your what? Whenever you get to the point to where you want to cast away your confidence, Are you being fought by doubt? He gives the solution. In verse 36. Cast not away therefore your confidence which has great reward. Ye have or you have need of help me. That after you have done the will. See, you can shout about something when you're praying, or you can dance. Got hands laid on you, and the preacher or whoever is praying for you says, it's so in the name of Jesus. But understand this, it's going to be a fight after that. Jesus said, Jesus said uh, in one parable, the explanation of it specifically. He said, there are people that once 
They receive the word. They receive it with joy. But then here come trouble, trials, tribulation. And because of those things, they let it go. They let it go. They can't hang on to the word because of trouble. All of us probably have been there one time or another. Let's just clear the room. Just ask your neighbor, have you ever been there? Now tell that same neighbor, it's time for you to grow up. Because you don't need to go to that place no more. You can't give up the word. The most valuable thing it is, is the The most valuable thing it is, is the Heaven and earth shall, but not You have need of endurance. Endurance is, is simply staying where God told you to stay. And dealing with whatever is trying to move you by continuing to think, talk, and do according to what is written and revealed. The pain still going to be there. You got to keep thinking, talking, and doing the word. That's what you call endurance. That's endurance. You're still hurting. None of that has changed. And you've been hollering, pleading with God, move it, but he ain't moving it. What does he want? He wants you to endure. Until the promise comes. For ye have need of endurance. That after you have done. The will of God. You may receive. The promise. I used to just plead with God. And think something wrong. I must not be praying right. Let me go back in here. And change my prayer. And then I, I used to have, I, I, I was a baby. I, I was in the dum-dum stage because I used to say, well, maybe God don't want me to have it. If he didn't want me to have it, he never would have told me. He never would have written it. If he didn't want you to be blessed, he never would have talked about his blessings. If he didn't want you to have what you asked him for, he never would have told you in Matthew 7, 7 and 8, ask and it shall be given. Seek, you'll find, knock, and it will be open for everyone that asks. Everyone that seeks. Everyone that knocks. He never would have said it. God never said nor says anything just to be saying it. It's always purpose in what he says. That's the reason Isaiah said, once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void, but it will accomplish everything that he sent it to accomplish. He's going to do everything he said. Amen? 
Y'all stay with me. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Y'all okay? Lord have mercy. I got to show you this right here. Let, let's go to the book of James. Woo, Jesus. Let's go to the book of James. Y'all all right? Okay, let's go to James. Let's go to James. Let's go to the book of James, the fifth chapter. Lord have mercy. Book of James, the fifth chapter. All right, James 5 and 11. Ready? Indeed, we count them, help me, who what? I'm going to stop at that first clause. Just, just look at your neighbor and say, if you endure, finish it. Look at another neighbor and say, if you. And look at the example he uses. He talks about who? Job. Look at all that Job endured and look at what happened in Job 42. The blessings just showed up like Luke 6 and 38. Good. Press. Shake it. Run it. We count them blessed who endure. But it hurt. Yeah, but it's part of being a spirit-filled Christian. It's that part that's called long suffering. In order to endure some stuff, you got, you got to be prepared to suffer long. And, and we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We, we like to tell for, you know, I'm joyous because that's the fruit of the Spirit. I can love you anyway because that's the fruit of the Spirit. We'll come on and talk some more. What about that loss? <laughs> we count those blessed who what? Endure. Like it or not, if you want to be blessed of God, you're going to have to learn to endure. I said, you're going to have to learn to go through something. You're going to have to learn to deal with pain when you don't want the pain to be there. And God allow you to go through pain sometimes, and, and you can get the Bengay, you can get uh, the, all that other stuff you get to try to make, make it go away, and it ain't going nowhere. Why? God sent. I'm going to allow her to go through something and see if she's still going to give me the praise. If she's still going to magnify me. If she's still going to trust me. And if she does, I'm going to drop a blessing on her. Say your neighbor, if you endure, you are blessed. So what you going through right now, what you got to do? Endure it. Deal with the pain. Deal with the disappointment. Deal with the heartache. By thinking. Talking. And doing. According to what is written. 
and revealed. I better read the rest of this 11th verse before I go to my close. Let's notice again, James 5 and 11. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seeing the end intended by who? And that the Lord is, whoo, God, I love how he describes it. Very compassionate and what? Man, when you read Job 42 and look at all he went through, uh, I've said this before, it's like a fairy tale end. It's just, you be like, good God. Is worth it. And sometimes we want them, Joe, blessing, but we don't want to go through. Come on, be honest. Wouldn't you love to have a Job type blessing? Job 42. But but the only way Job got that got that Job 42 blessing was to. And that's what James recognized. Thousands, thousands of years later, James brought it out, gave us the revelation. The reason Job was blessed the way he was is because of his endurance. Look at the revelation. But back in Hebrews 10 and 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence which has great what? There's a benefit in it. It's a benefit. Your confidence creates rewards or benefits. Your confidence creates rewards benefits you in a building right now that basically came into being because we had confidence despite what the professional said you in a building right now that's paid for and every other a place of refuge building period whether Rome, Noonan, what have you paid for because of confidence. Believing that God going to do exactly what I'm going to pay for every other building. It's got, you, every other building you're going to go in it debt free from, from this point on. And I'm going to pay off your house. Uh, hold on. And every other house you get. And he did it and I am so happy about that. You hear me? He created everything with a word. He spoke it and then it just started happening. And Malachi 3 and 6 says God changes what? He still does the same thing. You have creative confidence. Because of God. Cast not away therefore whose confidence? Which has your confidence. 
How you going to give up your certainty? Because you don't see what you want to see. You know that's how God operates. He, he always speaks before he causes the manifestation. Let there be light. It was dark. He always speaks it before he causes it to manifest. He's always did that. He spoke Sarah's baby into existence. But allowed her to go through the process just like every other woman goes through it when she gets pregnant. Same process. Why? Because he wanted folk to see a 90-something-year-old woman walking around with a baby. And I start, you know, she 90. <laughs> yeah, that ain't nothing but God right there. He, he could have just caused the baby to come the time he said it. But he said, no, I need folk to see this. And see, God allows us to endure because he wants folks to see. You know, he was almost dead, but God pulled him up. You know, that boy didn't have nothing. He went through so much, but God pulled him up. That's the purpose of endurance. But the reward comes, according to the text, because of your confidence. Joe's friends tried to make him lose his confidence. What did he do? He kept enduring. He kept enduring. Last thing. If you'll notice, and this is just in the text. You won't find this in reference to Webster, in Carter, or any other dictionary. Even the English dictionary. You, you will not find this. But if you'll notice in the text, reward your, remember, your confidence has what? Great reward. Great reward in the text equates God's promise. Wait a minute. Look at, look at the text now because I, I think I just lost some of y'all. Look, look at 35 and 36. Cast not away therefore your which has what? You have need of in that after you have done what? You may receive what? Would we be wrong to say of oh, the great reward? We're talking about the same thing. But notice how is your confidence, but it's God making sure you get rewarded for what you're putting in. Is your confidence. But he's saying that your confidence is going to cause him to give you one of his promises. Boy, that's another subject. I can't deal with it tonight. I'm going to stop right there. Let's get a Lord of hand to pray. God, thanks. Do y'all see that, though? 